free Saturday. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill. On air, online, on your smartphone, and on your smart speaker. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Radio Catskill, WJFF. Welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. And coming up tonight in both segments of the program, it's actually one big program. It's all featuring Liam Mayo. Coming up, Liam Mayo will be joining us to give us our weekly news roundup for the River Reporter, as usual, on a Wednesday with the latest local news. But before that, uh, Liam Mayo has an exclusive feature for us we've been working on for a while and really glad to be able to bring it to you tonight because New York landfills are at capacity or they're nearing capacity. It's becoming clear to pretty much everyone now that there's not going to be one single solution to this issue. Yesterday, we spoke with reporters from New York Focus who explored the options that lawmakers and others are considering at the state level. But what about local municipalities? What, What options do we have locally? Sullivan County is also looking at options for waste management, and some of them are actually rather creative, as we hear in this exclusive report from Liam Mayo. If you live in Sullivan County, right now your trash goes upstate. It goes to the Seneca Meadows landfill in Seneca County, New York. Sullivan County hasn't had a landfill of its own in around 20 years. This setup may be changing. To continue our conversation about trash, which is a necessary conversation, as we all know that um, currently we put 70% of our trash into the ground. Um, That is coming to an end in three to five years. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea to do it anyway, but if we could find a solution before, I'd appreciate it. That's Rob Dougherty, chair of the Sullivan County Legislature, talking about waste management at a legislature meeting last year. Sullivan County has other options for waste management beyond landfills. It's working currently on composting and has explored a heat treatment technology similar in principle to incineration. And while landfills may still be necessary, their role in the future may be much reduced compared to today. So what's happening with Seneca Meadows? Every landfill has a certain amount of permitted capacity, the amount of trash it can take in before it has to shut down. Seneca Meadows is nearing its capacity and is scheduled to run out of room in 2025. Seneca Meadows is applying for an expansion permit, but that's not a sure thing. And even if it remains open, the broader trends show the Northeast is running out of places to put its trash. One quarter of New York State's active landfills will reach capacity in the next two years, according to a report from the Northeast Waste Management Officials Association. Sullivan County could shift to hauling its garbage out of state. But there are problems with that, too. Here's Dougherty again. It's definitely coming to an end, and it's going to cost triple the amount to haul our garbage somewhere else to put it in the ground, which is incorrect to do. It creates methane gas, which is 82 times worse than carbon. The farther away Sullivan County has to haul its trash, the more expensive it gets for the county. 
And as Dougherty said, landfills create methane, a greenhouse gas that contributes to waste management being the fourth highest source of emissions in New York State. So, if landfills have issues as a waste management option, what others are there? For New York State, it goes back to the beginning. Getting toxins out of products at the beginning makes it a lot easier to do resource recovery,、um, and it allows our supply chain to be more sustainable. So, New York State's really been a leader in this front. We've banned the intentional adding of PFAS、uh, chemicals in apparel. In food packaging,、um, in carpets, and so really working to make sure that、um, the less toxins you have in the material, the better it's going to be down that stream and through that cycle. That's Dareth Glantz, DEC Deputy Commissioner for Environmental Remediation and Material Management. What Glantz is talking about goes back farther than separating your trash from your recyclables, your composting from everything else. It starts all the way back before a product gets made. But important as it is, this idea is more of a state issue. Sullivan County doesn't have the same type of authority over producers as the state does. By the time things get to Sullivan County, it's more about that next stage in the process: separating out the different materials in the waste stream so they can be used and reused appropriately. Recycling may be the most well-known part of this waste recovery stage. You take your glass bottles and your cardboard boxes, and you make sure they go to recycling rather than to trash. But it's hit something of a ceiling. Recycling rates have stagnated in New York over the past ten years, and there's not one obvious way to make that better. Another part of this process shows more room for progress: composting. A huge chunk of the greenhouse gases produced by landfills come from organic materials—food scraps, lawn waste, stuff like that—and the state is working now to make sure those get taken out of the waste stream and used for productive means. The waste sector is the fourth largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, and that's primarily through methane emissions from coming from landfills. So, one of the key ways to reduce that is to focus on organic reduction and recycling. So, organic waste、um, has a significant benefit to as a soil amendment if you're composting,、um, if you're able to reuse it. Um, and so, if we can divert more and more organic material from landfills、um, into productive use of growing foods and carbon sequestration activities, because、um, plants are because they're feeding the plants, that is the priority. Sullivan County is working on its own composting program. It's been held up for a while by the lack of a DEC permit. According to the county's recycling coordinator, Cassie Thelman, the county now has that permit and can begin collecting compost. Last Friday, the county announced more details of this program, now called the Food Waste Recycling Pilot Program. It starts October two. Anyone in the county can contact Thelman to sign up、uh, by email at recycling at sullivan dot ny dot us or by phone at eight four five eight zero seven zero two nine one. Residents who have signed up can collect their food scraps, bring them to almost any Sullivan County transfer station, and. Bring those food scraps to a commercial composting facility in Ulster County. The county hopes in future to have an in-county composting facility at the site of the closed Monticello landfill. Wherever it ends up, your waste won't go from your plate into a landfill, but it will get reused and sold as compost. Recycling and composting can take a lot of materials out of the waste stream, but there will be some materials still left over. Traditionally, this remainder goes to landfills, but there's another option as well: 
incinerators. Specialized facilities, also called waste-to-energy facilities, can take trash, burn it in a controlled environment, and use that burning to run steam turbines or some other way of generating power, so waste-to-energy. Burning trash, even in a controlled environment, has its risks. A 2021 report from the U.S. Public Resource Information Group lists potential health risks from incinerators, including ash and air emissions with toxic chemicals and heavy metals. But the emissions from waste-to-energy facilities are heavily monitored, and according to the DEC, they can have their benefits. There's a permitting strategy, um, an ability to cite them as long as you meet your um, all of the requirements for, um, you know, air emissions, um, you know, managing managing the materials um, and and being able to uh, find a place for the ash at the end of the day, how that's how that's managed. Um, but, you know, there's there's lots of benefits um, to a well-engineered, well-operated, um, highly regulated um, waste-to-energy facility. There are two of these waste-to-energy incinerators currently active in the Hudson Valley. A facility in Dutchess County forms the cornerstone of that county's waste management strategy. Sullivan County talked last year with Hughes Energy, a company offering a similar, if more experimental technology, but those plans haven't progressed at all this year. So where does all this leave Sullivan County? For now, not much is likely to change. According to Ed McAndrews, the county's public works commissioner, the county still plans to landfill its trash for the immediate future. It's hoping that Seneca Meadows gets an expansion— If not, the county will have to find another landfill. If Seneca Meadows does fill up in the next two years, that's not enough time to put together another alternative. Getting away from landfills is a goal for zero-waste advocates across the state, but it will take time, and it will take a lot of different factors working together. New York State is trying to reduce the amount of waste in landfills by 85% by 2050. It's an ambitious goal, but there's a ways to go for the state to get there. Here's Rebecca Kreshkoff, a local environmental activist, talking with the Sullivan County Legislature about what it will take to get the state toward the idea of zero waste. It's about culture change, shifting from a linear economy to a circular one. Yes, that's bigger than Sullivan County, but other communities are moving in this direction too, including, but not uh, limited to, Westchester and Ulster. Some are further along than others, but all zero-waste proponents recognize that while we can divert a significant amount of waste through reduction, deconstruction instead of demolition, composting, and materials recovery, we are unlikely ever to get our waste stream down to zero. For Radio Catskill, I'm Liam Mayo. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Well, and thank you to Liam Mayo for that in-depth report and uh, joining us now to talk about that in-depth report. It's Liam Mayo on the phone. Liam, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me back. So that was that was quite a piece. Thank you again for doing uh, all that work. I'm wondering when you set out to do this, like, what were you expecting and, and did anything change your expectations? Um. I think I was just expecting to learn more about the subject. It's not something I am super familiar with. Um, I don't know if this is the same for everyone's listening's experience, but I grew up in sort of a suburban area where you put your trash in your trash can and had a company take it away, and that's sort of, you didn't think about it. So coming to Sullivan County and realizing that 
or getting a little bit more involved with um, the process of managing your own waste and realizing that uh, people on the county level are also trying to figure out sort of how to manage this waste. Um, it, it's just been good to learn more about that process and how it's changing. Out of all of the different options that they're exploring that, that you went over in the piece, I'm wondering which one or ones do you do you think has the most promise, at least in your own opinion, as you look at this? This may be a very unsatisfying answer, but I think all of them are very necessary. Even if sort of everything gets put completely into place, there will still be a place for landfills. There's some types of trash that you can't really get rid of any other way. There are a huge number of problems with incinerators. At least people are claiming about the air quality around them. People are claiming about the like emissions uh, being a concern. Um, but it's also useful in that it could potentially emit fewer methane emissions than something like a landfill. And then you get sort of further back up into the types of uh, waste processing that um, the report talked about and... When you get into your composting, your recycling, like all those things are kind of di di dealing with different materials in the waste stream. And I think they're all kind of crucial. Like you can't recycle a banana and you can't compost a water bottle unless I guess it's a compostable water bottle. But the point is that there are a lot of different types of materials in our waste stream. And that is kind of a complicated problem to deal with that requires all of the solutions talked about in the report and probably more. You know, perhaps it's a false hope to think that there's like one solution to the problem, just as it was a false hope to think that, I mean, because basically we're trying to find a solution to the former single major solution, which was just putting it in the ground, uh, which, you know, isn't working anymore. I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most about your piece was hearing Sullivan County legislature, hearing uh, uh, Rob Doherty say, uh, essentially just like, like admitting, like, you know, putting it in the ground is really not the thing to do anymore. That, that surprised me that there's that level of consensus on this. Yeah. I mean, I think environmentally it's pretty clear that, um, putting a bunch of trash just in one place, letting it leach, uh, toxins into the environment, letting it leach methane into the air. It's not an environmentally friendly solution, um, and should be reduced kind of as much as possible. Um, where I think, the consensus is starting to build, or at least um, sort of the reason it was brought to the Sullivan County Legislature is the economic factor as well. With the landfills closing, with landfills running out of room, it's becoming a lot more expensive to kind of keep doing things the same old way. So the environmental consensus is kind of important, but having that economic backing behind it as well it kind of brings it to the conversation much more importantly. Absolutely. And here's where I'm, I'm just going to let the listener know that um, as we look at this issue statewide in New York State, I mean, really, it's a national and international issue. But uh, we're looking at this at the county level, which has implications across the state. And then looking at it at the state level, we just spoke to the two reporters uh, from uh, New York Focus at NYSFocus.com. And they just did a, a whole thing about uh, different options that the state is exploring. We spoke to them last night on the local edition and uh, replayed that again this morning on Radio Chatskill. So you can hear it on either program's podcast last night's local edition or this morning's Chatskill for even more 
on this topic. Before we get to the latest local news, Liam, anything uh, else on the, the, the waste issue? Oh, I, I would just shout out um, something that stood out to me from that New York Focus article um, where they were talking about the um, proposing a um, a surcharge on waste to kind of start moving things in the right direction. And it said that even like a $5 per ton surcharge could be effective. So it's the kind of thing where it doesn't take a lot to start moving things in the right direction, um, but it, it takes kind of a lot of little steps like that. And again, the the main positive impact of those fees would be the the disincentive, you know, like the the incentive that it provides to reduce waste or the disincentive to dispose of things uh, by having that fee there. And the studies show that it, that, like you said, like a minimal increase has has a real impact on the waste stream, a positive one. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the latest news. I want to talk about that pavilion in Narrowsburg, but where where should we start? I mean, we can start there. If you All might. right, let's let's start with that. I was I, I was going to lead up to that, but uh, that was the first thing that sprung to mind. So yeah, I, I heard about this on on Monday on air. At first, could, if you can, can you remind folks where this is in Narrowsburg, this flats area that they're talking about? Yeah. Um, so the flats area is a residential living area, sort of a stone's throw from Main Street. It's there's a a business even like on one of the roads that leads into the flats that's kind of just off of Main Street. Um, so that's where this potential pavilion would be in a park that's in the middle of that flats residential neighborhood. Right. So I guess is is there anybody that likes the proposal? Because I know there was negative reaction, I guess, based on its size. Is that what's going on? You want to give folks a reminder what the story is? Yeah, um, so the story is the Tufton Town Board has proposed a sort of pavilion to be built in um, this park in the flats. It was originally um, proposed to be 28 foot by 52 feet with a flush toilet and a kitchen. Um, this since has been scaled down um, pretty significantly, I think cut about by half or a little bit more in the later proposals. But um, yeah, there was a lot of pushback. I think residents living in the flats were very concerned about uh, this going up in their backyard. And it's not just the fact that this is kind of a major structure going up. It's the idea that it would be rented out for, um, for like birthday parties, for community gatherings, for stuff like that. Um, that, sort of idea that you could have sort of a commercial venue coming into the middle of this residential area has been a concern of residents in the flats before. It's a concern again with this project. Um, and the people who have kind of been pushing for it or advocating for it, um, a couple of people who spoke for it are people who lived more up on the main street area or worked more on the, up on the main street area who are just sort of seeing this as a potential benefit for the town. Yeah, you know, you, as you talk about it, it makes me realize when I think of like, uh, when I think of a community pavilion, the things that spring to mind are things like, uh, you know, White Sulphur Springs, Fireman's Field, uh, Roscoe Fireman's Field. Like there's pavilions and there's gathering spaces there. Of course, those are, you know, more for the firemen's, but other things do happen there, but they're, they're, they're a little bit outside of town. And, and even to the extent that they're in town, 
the pavilion itself is in the middle of a big field, like a big area that's kind of removed from residential areas. So it sounds like this isn't really just about the size of the pavilion, which is what, what I heard in initial headlines, but it's also the location. Yeah, I think location is a huge thing. Um, something people have brought up is there actually is an existing pavilion somewhat outside of town, more I, I haven't visited the exact pavilions you just spoke of, but I assume it's more along those lines where it's a little bit outside of town. It's a little bit in a more enclosed area by the lava firehouse, like just outside of Narrowsburg. Um, this part, it's hard to say specifically because I don't have the greatest grasp of distances, but um, if you can imagine two like residential streets right next to each other, um, with houses like back to back, the park is sort of covering the area where the houses were, would be between two of the streets with houses all around it. So anything happening at said pavilion or at said park would be very close to a very quiet surrounding neighborhood. Okay. Um, when we last spoke last week, you're heading off to um, a meeting that would uh, touch upon the next steps for this Camp FIMFO. What what happened at the meeting, and is this the end of the story? I, I don't think we're anywhere near the end of this particular story, but we're coming close to ending a chapter. Um, and the planning board um, didn't vote on the project at the meeting, but they reviewed a lot of the environmental documentation for a upcoming proposed vote. And this is the Highland Planning Board, right? Yes, this is the Highland Planning Board. They're doing the state environmental quality review for this Camp Simpho project, which is a $40-plus million renovation of a, the existing Kittatinny campground. Um, and the uh, review sort of puts the board on two separate tracks. Um, they can either review that the project has no significant environmental impacts, which sort of leaves the ground clear for them to approve the project and for things to start moving forward. Or they can say this project may have a significant environmental impact, so we need to have sort of more study of the project and its impact. So instead of that project getting a green light for review, it would go to an environmental impact study process, which more specifically looks at any of the proposed impacts. Um, where the board was at the um, meeting last Wednesday, they reviewed the documentation prepared by sort of their consultants, and they made it very clear that this was draft documentation. The board hasn't made up its mind yet. But the documentation said that pretty much all of the impacts from the project would be small or none. So those things could change by the time the vote board votes on it, or the board could sort of decide to do things differently. But at least as currently drafted, it looks like it's heading towards a negative declaration. Okay, so that's where that that's how it looks like where it's heading, but it's not there yet. With, again, the caveat that the board could still change things um, based on their own sort of year-long review of the project. Of course, sure. So uh, this also sets us up for uh, more reporting on the FIMFO project from Liam Mayo in the future. So we'll we'll be getting more updates from you as the story progresses. And then uh, finally, River Reporter um, was talking with officials in Sullivan and Wayne County 
uh, about the response to the opioid crisis. Uh, I know there's a there's a vigil tomorrow night in Sullivan County. Uh, what can you tell me about this? Yeah, um, just first to highlight the vigil. It will take place tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. at the lawn of the Sullivan County Courthouse. Um, it'll be people sort of sharing their stories and uh, commemorating those uh, lost to the opioid crisis. Um, I've attended these events in the past. They're sort of very touching, um, very moving experiences. So if you're in the area and available, I would encourage people to check it out. Um, and in terms of sort of our reporting on the crisis, uh, we've talked with uh, Wayne County DA Howell, uh, the district attorney in Wayne County, as well as um, public health official Jill Hubert Simon, uh, the new deputy director of Sullivan County Public Health. Um, they both sort of highlighted some of the treatment options and some of the approaches they're taking. Um, Howell said that he's sort of leaning toward a treatment model over a punishment model, and there are a few different ways this is happening. Uh, Wayne County has a drug court that directs uh, people in need of help toward long-term drug treatment rather than incarceration. And as well, Wayne County law enforcement officers are training to participate in a state initiative uh, where you could call in if you know someone in need of help and you could say, uh, I'm calling for a law enforcement treatment initiative referral, um, which would sort of call police out to help instead of them treating it as a criminal case, they would treat it as like there is someone addicted to substances in need of help. So uh, just a difference of mindset there in Wayne County and just real quick in Sullivan County, um, Hubert Simon talked about a lot of the increased treatment options that uh, the Sullivan County Drug Task Force is trying to put into place. Uh, stuff like uh, the high intensity drug trafficking area designation, bringing in more resources, um, stuff like additional Narcan availability throughout the county, um, and uh, initiatives for sort of easy take-back of drugs where people can sort of drop off drugs um, to get them out of the community without um, necessarily having any problems with that. Sounds like uh, Wayne County is moving in the direction that uh, at least some agencies in Sullivan County moved in uh, a couple of years ago with initiatives like Hope Not Handcuffs. Yeah, Hope Not Handcuffs is a good bring up there. Um, I, I think that's sort of, I don't know if it's a national trend, but it at least seems to be the trend around here to view drug cases as people in need of help to prosecute maybe the drug dealers, but to be that the people who are just taking drugs without necessarily dealing them aren't in the same boat. Right, right. And I'll remind folks that, uh, again, this observance tomorrow, it's International Overdose Awareness Day tomorrow. They're observing in Sullivan County this vigil that's happening, uh, an observance in front of the Sullivan County Courthouse right there on Broadway uh, in Monticello tomorrow evening at 7 um, I think our own Bill Williams will be there. We may uh, chat with him a bit about it on Tuesday, right after Labor Day, because uh, Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the month, that's when we do the Kingfisher Project. Here on the local edition, Bill Williams will be in live on Tuesday 
And Bill's uh, guest is going to be Mary Beth O'Connor, uh, who has a new book out. So that we'll be doing that live Tuesday on the local edition. Uh, for now, for this local edition, I want to say thanks again so much, Liam, for the special report that you did uh, on the waste management. It was really great stuff. And then also, too, for our weekly news roundup from the River Reporter. Thanks for giving us the latest. Thanks for having me on. Um, for more coverage of the waste management issues in New York State, See the New York Focus article, New York Mole's New Trash Fee as Landfills Near Tipping Point. It's on our website, wjffradio.org. And our interview with the reporters who wrote that article is on yesterday's local edition podcast. So like I said, sign up for that podcast. You won't miss anything. And uh, be listening for more upcoming, upcoming exclusive reports on local environmental issues from Liam Mayo right here on Radio Catskill. For now, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. I'm Jason Dole. I'll be back tomorrow night. Coming up, we've got The Daily right here on Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Jeffersonville Bake Shop, offering breakfast and lunch to go or to stay, and coffee, Wi-Fi, and space for getting work done remotely. JeffersonvilleBakeShop.com From the Schwangunk Journal, serving the towns of Warwasing, Crawford, Mamakating, Rochester, Schwangunk, and everything in between. SchwangunkJournal.com And from listeners like you. Set your controls for the heart of the sun and tune in to hear the psychedelic synth situations of electronic hairpieces with your host, Nikki Vito. In this new weekly program, I'll be spinning retro synth, psychedelic, and experimental records Thursday nights at 10 p.m., following Connect the Dots at 9, only on Radio Catskill. Listen local. I'm Liam Mayo. I bring you the news here at Radio Catskill. And right now, the news is Radio Catskill's Music Yard Sale is Saturday from 9 to 3. Come to Radio Catskill for bargains galore on vinyl records, CDs, and more. We've got used audio equipment, stereos, turntables, and speakers, all priced to move. It's the Radio Catskill Music Yard Sale, cash or Venmo accepted, 9 to 3 Saturday at our studios on Route 52, Liberty, New York.